Blog Talk Radio. Bringing you excellent entertainment from the king of DC media. Here's the Inside Acting Radio Show. Fellow actors and other esteemed listeners, welcome to another episode of the Inside Acting Radio Show. I am the WTP, that's William Thomas Powell, otherwise known as Mr. Ubiquitous, otherwise known as the KDOC, otherwise known as the King of DC Media. Inside Acting is brought to you by DC Actors Examiner where you'll find many great articles, including one about tonight's guest, director-writer Justin Tempain, who is the director of the action-packed Ninjas vs. Trilogy. Uh, he's also got a podcast. Did you know that? You can check him out at trekoffpodcast.com. That's T-R-E-K, as in Star Trek, trekoffpodcast.com. Let me tell you about what's going on in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Next week, we're going to have actor and playwright Fred Thomas, Jr. to talk about his new stage play, Six by Nine. And the week after that, we're going to have director Corey Williams and the cast of the action-adventure Badass Assassin. Sounds hot. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. By the way, actors. If you're looking for headshots, I implore you to go out to www.blue-artist.com. That's www.blue-artist. Care of all your headshot needs. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Tell them Will from Inside Acting sent you. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and bring on Justin. Now, what do we know about Justin? He's a Star Trek fan. He's a filmmaker. He's a podcaster. He slices, he dices. He's otherwise known as JT. That is Justin Campaign. So let me bring him on in. 
Good evening, Justin. Hi, how are you? Oh, blessed and highly favored, man. I'm feeling great. I'm glad it's spring. I'm glad that this uh, winter weather has finally left us, and uh, I'm just ready to go. So I'm ready, rocking to go. It's been a hot one here in uh, in D.C. and along the East Coast. It's been, uh, what, 80s and 90s? Yeah, 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 but, uh, you know, you, you can't complain. you got to take it how you can get it. So, man, tell me all about this new $2,500 film. What's the title, what's it about, and when's it coming out? Um, well, uh, uh, by the way, first of all, thank you for the wonderful uh, intro. Um, we are making a, a movie. A, we like to call it a funumentary. It's a uh, comedy documentary about uh, Trek Off, which is our podcast, which you mentioned, trekoffpodcast.com. Um, uh-huh. And uh, we've been doing that for a couple of years. Uh, we, uh, my partner and co-host, uh, Alexia um, Poe, um, I, she is a local actress, and I was uh, with her after a uh, play that she was doing. And then we got uh-huh. to talking, and we were both very loud and boisterous, and eventually it went around to Star Trek, and people were listening to us and saying, God, you guys are pretty funny. So we started a podcast up, and the podcast got a bunch of listeners, and then we started doing live shows, and we started packing the house. We just packed one of the biggest rooms, in, uh, or bigger rooms, in awesome con. Um, yep. And uh, after doing that a few times, we were like, well, it occurred to us there are uh, a lot of Star Trek-related docu- uh, documentaries that are out there. And when I say a lot, I mean in terms of ones that I've really liked, probably six or seven, um, as opposed to the 50 documentaries on food or, or on some other subject. But none of them were really what I consider to be uh, funny. They were, didn't have a lot of comedy to them. And at the same time, I noticed that there was a lot of comedy out there but nothing really uh, centered around geek comedy, which is what kind of what we do. I consider I call myself a geek uh, with the most loving term that you could have with geek. We've taken over the geeks are ruling the world now. Um, so <laughs> we we uh, we decided to uh, to mash all of that together. And I wanted to just like when Daniel Daniel Ross and I sat down into the ninjas movies. We want I wanted right. to make the movie that I would want to see. I'm home a lot. I've got some young kids, and so when I'm taking care of them, sometimes I just want something funny on, especially the younger one who doesn't understand when curse words are going on. And I wanted to see (laughs) the movie that I would want to watch that I couldn't find. So we took our podcast. We sort of reappropriated what we were doing. We shot a bunch of our live shows, like six or seven of our live shows at different conventions. And then we went around and we interviewed some Star Trek celebrities, we interviewed the cosplayers who go around the shows and dress up in amazing costumes. Uh, we interviewed other podcasters to see uh, what motivated them to do science fiction-based podcasts. We're mashing it together into a film that is probably 25% documentary like you've seen before in documentaries like Trekkies and stuff like that, but is um, has a lot of other things that you wouldn't have seen. We went to a... Uh, a Star Trek uh, fan musical. We made we put together a Star Trek burlesque show, and and <laughs> did that anything. We went down to Georgia where they they make these Star Trek fan films. Um, they, this one's called Farragut, but there are a bunch of them out there where they've actually poured a bunch of money into making um, continuing episodes of the original series from the 60s. So they've built oh. this exact, this perfect um, replica from the blueprints, and they actually have help 
from the people who made the original sets back in the 60s. So you walk on, it's like you're walking into the show. So we went down there and we shot a bunch of stuff there. Um, and we're putting it together and just sort of giving a, um, a fan's eye experience. The one thing that the other Trek things have had that I've seen is that it seems to be based on the experience of one's based on Gene Roddenberry's son's experience and another one is hosted by um, by one of the Star Trek actors and it's all it's a little bit making fun of uh, the Star Trek fans, which that's not what we wanted to do at all. We just wanted to have a lot of fun and bring along people on the ride. So I think people are really going to enjoy it. It's uh, like our podcast. It's absolutely what you would call not safe for work. Um, it's foul mouth. <laughs> it's, uh, um, it is it is absolutely rated R. Um, you know the the a, a lot of you know what would happen if if Captain Kirk and Han Solo and then some funny you know what a twelve year old would consider to be really dirty um, uh, question will follow um, and and we'll pose that sort of thing. It's, it's it's just the whole point is to have a lot of fun and that's uh, Trek Off the motion picture which is at trekoffmovie.com. dot com. Huh. Okay. Fantastic, fantastic. Okay, so we, we're going to touch a little bit more on Star Trek a little, a little bit later in the show. I want to turn the corner here and talk about Eduardo Sanchez of the Blair Witch Project. Now, I don't know that you've been doing a lot of, lot of different projects with him. Uh, so what's going on there? What, what are you doing now with, uh, with uh, Eduardo? Well, I mean, it's, to, with that, let me, let me be very clear. Uh, Ed has been... Um, wonderful to come on to work and help us out. Um, uh, I don't want to possibly say that I have had anything to do with the amazing stuff that he's been doing uh, completely without me. <laughs> um, uh, so he has come on as executive producer on Ninjas vs. Monsters and was a consultant for us on, on Ninjas vs. Zombies and Ninjas vs. Vampires. And uh, we are having interesting conversations about some really cool ideas um, that he has uh, not related to films, but just how to how to improve uh, f- filmmaking and and how to improve uh, uh, what goes on in this area. But he is, I mean, to to say that to to say that I am involved in Eduardo Sanchez projects is like saying that because when I used to do uh, uh, extra work that I worked on Minority Report, to say that I'm involved in a bunch of Steven Spielberg project. Uh, he, is, he, is the, he, is, he is the big dog, and I am the I am just lucky to sort of be able to keep an eye on 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 the table scraps. big massive stuff he's doing. Yeah, it's, I I by no means want to want to try and horn in because he's he's got um you know I don't even need to say Ed from the Blair Witch Project anymore because he is now Ed who made Lovely Molly, and he's Ed who just directed um. A couple of the episodes of the new uh, um, From Dust Till Dawn series, at least one, maybe two, and then and then he just did a project called Intrude. I mean, he is he is truly doing doing big time stuff. I'm I'm doing fun stuff. Oh, okay. Very good, very but, good. So but, now but credit where it's due. Cre- Go ahead. I'm sorry. Hello. Do you still oh, have me? I think I lost him. No, I'm here. I oh, you still? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. You using a new microphone there? Um. Well, I uh, um. I have. We've, right now, I don't know how it is. Uh, we're on your side of the DC area, but it is uh, It is raining off and on like crazy. So we've been having brownouts and 
reception has been coming and going here. It's uh, we're hoping. Oh, to go okay. 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 All right. So, talking on the subject of ninjas versus, are there any plans to adapt that series into a TV series? Oh well, that is. Um, who have you been talking to, man? Uh, well, man, I'm clairvoyant. I, I have a I have a crystal ball in my basement. I consult it every night, man. Got you know that? Um, uh, nin- ninjas versus. Um, I have very playfully been uh, for the last year. We premiered uh, Ninjas versus Monsters last uh, like 18 months ago, um, and have been working on getting the distribution. Uh, side of it worked out. There have been uh, been challenges that there are with any film. A lot of films sit on, like for instance, one of my favorites, Cabin on the Wo- Cabin in the Woods, sat on the shelf for a few years before it finally came out. But we're finally uh, finally coming out the end of that tunnel. Um, and okay. uh, and I've joked the whole time saying, well, you know, I think I'm done. I'll never do another one. And yet I I have had conversations about how. Um, how a rebooted version of it would look uh, on TV, um, you know, or as a as a web series, and and also what a you know what would a a continuation look like? What would a spinoff look like? Well, I mean, those are those are conversations that that are never far from uh, my mind. And when I say mine, it's usually me and again Daniel Ross. We 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 just will sit up late at night and go, what if this happened or what if that happened? Um, the the third movie, which uh, a lot of people got to see at the AFI a long time ago, and some of our other little screenings at conventions, um, when everybody sees it, and that's going to be not too long, um, uh, when everyone does see it, it does very conclusively end the story. It is the end of a, of a trilogy, which is not to say that you couldn't make more, but you would have to start a new story. So that's um, that's sort of where that lies story-wise. Um, but we are very, very close to uh, finally being able to. We've had a, one of the things that we, I get asked probably every week, someone goes, you know, we, it, the film was funded by Kickstarter. And one of the main rewards was when the film is done, when it's finally distributed, you will get a DVD, yay. And everybody get, goes, okay, so it's been 18 months. We know the film's close to done, where's the DVD? And we have to wait for the, distribu- the distribution to happen um, because we don't want to be putting it on DVD and then suddenly we find it on the internet, and then blah blah blah. So that's all bad. So we're um, when it's distributed, that is going to go out to those folks. And uh, when the world sees it, I think they're just going to be blown away. I think they're going to be very very happy with what they see. Oh, that's fantastic. So you know, man, I want to go back in time. I really want to go back in time here and talk about uh, there's a there's a company. I don't know if they're still around. Time Warp Films and Joe Ripple. What's some of the lessons you learned working with Joe? Um, you, you, sir, may I commend you on the level of your research? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, um, you know, I don't know. Um, I don't know what the current. The, to answer the first part, I don't know what the current status of Time Warp Films is. Uh, Joe, um, who is still really active uh, in the horror community in a very different way. Um, Joe is right now heading up an organization called Scares the Care. Um, and what mm-hmm. he does is he, he puts together giant um, horror conventions where, where horror celebrity shows up and there's memorabilia and all the things that would normally be at a, at a horror convention. But as opposed to being for profit, um, all the proceeds go to charity. Um, so 
he has been huge in doing that. So in terms of what, I don't know if he has aspirations to make more films under the Time Warp banner, um, but I know that he uh, um, he's doing incredible work as far as that's concerned there. Um, my involvement with Time Warp films was uh, in um, the last two films that paired together Joe with the late, great Don Dohler, um, uh-huh. which was a film called Crawler, and I'll come back to Crawler, and a film called Dead Hunt. Um, uh-huh. Dead Hunt uh, has, uh, has been released. It's a slasher film. Um, I, as an actor, play a, uh, I play a role in that film. Um, and uh, you can find it, I think if you search around on Amazon, or, or I'm not really sure where to find it. I have my copy. <laughs> um, but Dead Hunt is out there, and it's, it's, uh, it's kind of, um, it's been, it's pretty, it's an older film now. It's been out for, for a while. It was very much uh, in the lines of Scream and sort of that uh, sort of postmodern look at, at horror written by a guy named Eric Strauss. Um, but uh, what I got to do as in Dead Hunt and also in the film before Crawler was um, I was lucky enough to be able to write the music for the films. Um, I, had, uh, I had worked uh, in theater and I, when I was in college for theater writing music for uh-huh. plays, and I had done some orchestral stuff and some pop music. I released an album that nobody ever listened to. If you look up my name on iTunes, you will find an album that at least four or five people have heard. Um, but oh, well, it's, that many, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the film's done much better for me than music in terms of, of pop music, but I was able to write these two, uh, these two scores I was very, very proud of. But um, it brought me back to a love that I used to have, um, when I was in college, I did a lot of sort of little video productions. I made a little horror movie. Um, I worked with a gentleman named Josh Saxon in high school, and then he let me, like, use his characters to create, like, a mini feature that had um, a couple of, of local area people. I got to work with the, the incredible Tara Garwood. Um, like, just, just, just this really cool stuff um, that I got to do that I sort of put aside. And when I got to write the music, the fun thing was I got to see these films crawler and dead hunt in um these early stages of development so scenes that weren't done and effects that weren't put in yet and 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 watch the movie evolve from you know basically a bunch of footage to a film and it really sort of reignited um what i loved about making those little things and so if i learned anything from, i mean they, it was joe and don were so uh generous um, with their time and with their explanations of what was going on and, and, and with just sort of the idea, because um, it, was, it was early as Crawler, but even as a dud hunt, that Daniel and I were talking to them, maybe we would want to make films one day, offering their advice when we started making Ninjas vs. Uh, Zombies. Joe was on the phone with us a lot and, and gave us a lot of, of, of really sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, to have the gumption to do it, to, to have sort of the bravery to, to, to spit into the ocean and go, hey, I, you know, it, uh, the idea that, especially then, um, that I can just go make a movie and people will watch it was, was to people who didn't do it, to my family, it was a ludicrous idea. Like, you can't do that. But you can't just go make a movie? What are you talking about? You're not Hollywood. And Joe mm. and Don have been doing it for years. And, mm. and so yeah. I... I I wouldn't have had the, the, the bravery to do it if not for watching those guys 
doing it just because they love it and putting out some fun things. Now, Crawler, the reason I said I'd come back to it is uh-huh. that uh, there's a, a funny story about Crawler. Um, there was a whole idea that there was going to be a uh, a creature in Crawler, a lot like Don Dohler's earlier films um, that would have a sort of a, a space creature. Um, uh-huh. And a decision was made through circumstances that happened on the set um, that we were going to make it digital. And they've been waiting sort of for the technology to catch up. And my understanding mm-hmm. is that they are getting very, very close to finishing this film, that the film itself is like 10 years old. Um, and they're getting very, very close to, uh, to finishing this film, which has now sort of become a period piece. So it's got me, it's where I met Daniel. So it's Daniel and I and um, um, a really lovely actress named Darla Albanaz are, are we're, we're playing these three sort of X-Files-ish sort of um, geeks, again, um, who discover an alien. Um, mm. and, uh, and the alien is what they're in the process of, com- of completing. And I, I have been privy to some of the things that, um, that Robert and Mitch have been working on, uh, Robert Long and uh, Mitch Klein have been working on the creature effect, and it's so close to being done. So when you say, is there anything more coming from Time Warp Films, um, there may in fact be. <laughs> Um, okay. <laughs> a, a movie that a movie that nobody has seen yet called Crawler, um, which will end up being the final release, um, unfortunately, of, of Dawn, um, and the first film of theirs that I got to score, and the film where Daniel and I met, which without which there is no ninjas and there is no all this other stuff we've done doesn't ever happen. Okay, so uh, now we're gonna uh, kind of change directions here. I see the a person on the switchboard here. The switchboards are lighting up. And I see there's a guy here. He's a really persistent guy. Kind of a nice guy. I actually know him. Uh, his initials are M.M. I think you know who I'm talking about. So let me bring him on in and see if he has a question. His last name's not fine. Hey! You're on the air. Am I on? Am I on? Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Is this Marshall hey. Mathers? I'm such a fan of your music, Eminem. No, no, the other Eminem. Oh. Wrong Eminem. Hey, I got a question. Since they're rebooting yeah. everything now and restarting everything now, when they reboot the Ninjas trilogy, can I be in it? I don't want a really big um, part. I want just a, a super minor, minor, sub-minor character like Colson that you only see for like two minutes in each movie, but a character that everybody but, elevates and reveres to some kind of stature equal to the rest of the heroes <laughs> in the movie. And then, I'll, and then I'll give you a series that starts off kind of weak, but then gets really, really good. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, now, now, Mr. M, uh, if, I, if, if, if I remember correctly, you're not a big fan of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? Or have you finally turned the corner? I, I watched 10 minutes of the first episode, and I thought, life is too short. And I never went back, but I've heard really good things about it. Ross posted something on it about how it just it started off being very cancelable and ended up being like super kick ass. So I might have to actually yeah. go back and watch it. I just watched the, the, the final episode. Um I will I will say this. If you are there, if you are available, of course. Of course. Um I have by the way, uh Mr. M, um uh, I continue to hear uh stories about how this gentleman on the phone um, is there for my friends. Uh, this guy has been an absolute mensch and has been uh, um, not only involved in a bunch of productions, but 
I continually hear, oh, I was in a jam, and Mr. M, uh, can I call you by your name? Like, do we need to call you Mr. M, or can I just call you by your name? <laughs> yeah, I don't know where Mr. M came from. I think Mr. Uh, Mr. Powell Marvel. was trying to. Yeah, um, uh, uh, the, I, I can't go. I can't go 60 days without hearing. Oh, I wasn't able to get somewhere, and Mitch gave me a ride. Or, or oh, I was feeling really sad, and Mitch came and hung out with me. Um, this guy is 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 um, has been an asset to my community, and I want to publicly in this forum say thank you for all the great stuff that I hear. And you know the specific things. I don't want to call out anybody in particular, but you know the people I'm talking about, Mitch. And so on behalf of them, I want you to know that I hear about it and just thank you. That's really well, I know one or two. Now, if you don't hear it, if you hear it like secondhand, like I heard that, then that was probably a rumor started by me to circulate, <laughs> to kind of build myself up. But if you actually hear it from somebody, like if they, no, your, your co-host from Trekoff said, Mitch drove all the way out to pick us up, and it was like pouring rain and the the stream was overflowing the banks, and we almost had to you know swim through the, to the car mm. to get to them. Yeah, that actually happened. Yeah, no, I, Sounds I, I yeah, I I um, I hear great things. Um, I will I will say that uh, that whatever we do, um, if you're around and available, and there's a and there's a spot, if there's a, a a scene where it would fit, or if there isn't one, we'll try and make it fit. I I will I want you on camera. So that is, that is an easy yes uh, for me. Okay, Justin. Um, so this is, uh, what, what's today's date again? Uh, and it's 1025 at night. So uh, you, you've got the uh, audio ev- It's not a binding contract. I said if. Huh? I said it's not a binding it's, contract. I said if. Um, <laughs> it's a binding verbal contract. You could no, say you had if. a meeting of the minds. We'll, we'll play this. We'll play this podcast for Judge Judy if it comes down to it. But, but you were talking about badass assassins, and that, that's Corey Williams. I got a part in the trailer. Corey, I mean, he messaged me. He's like, "Hey, I need your phone number. I want you to be in the the trailer for Badass Assassins." So that's how I I got that. But it's like, I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a, that's a good plug for uh, my show. I've got in a couple of weeks. You're gonna have the. Uh, Corey and the and the cast is going to be on a uh, couple weeks, so it's going to be a hot show. Okay, yeah, people should check that out. For, and for, what's that? Oh, people should check that out. There's another project floating around, uh, Day of the Gun, that I've heard a lot about. Um, that oh, I of course, absolutely. So I, I wrote yeah, about too. that in uh, yeah DC Actors Examiner. I wrote about that. Okay, Mitch. Hey, yes. man. Well, thanks for calling, man. Hey, I, every time Justin's on, I always call. And if you well, if, if that's not true, then I'm fully prepared to say I don't remember it that way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. On that note, that's that's a good way to close out. Good man. Good man. Okay. Thanks a lot, Mitch. What a nice guy. Okay. He's a really, truly nice so, guy. Getting back to the uh, the interview here. So, Ninjas versus Monsters reportedly costs. Uh, 17 large. So now, what's what's the key to staying within such a small budget? Um, have a lot of really, really, really talented, um, giving friends um, who will put up with your BS for a long time, um, and that's really the key. Um, I, um, I I don't want to be falsely self-deprecating. I think I do a pretty good job, and and. 
I, I write a good script uh, for my budget. I, you know, the, the old Robert Rodriguez, uh, uh, he's got a wonderful book um, called um, Rebel Without a Crew. And in that book, uh, he says, um, essentially, if you have available to you a bus, an exploding trash can, and six chickens, I don't know if these are the exact things he says, then you write a scene with a bus, exploding trash cans, and six. So that's, that's a lot of a, a lot of what you do. You you write around what you have. You know, you 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 think of what you can use that will make it look better. You think of what can, you know, you, instead of writing the script and then finding, you know, spending the money to find what you need, you realize what you have and write the script around that. So that's my part. But the the real truth of it comes that that you know you make the actors look really good um, by having incredible costumes. Um, uh, with you know, and and our costumes were were amazing. Liz and Leon and and like a ton of people worked. I can't just I don't. I'm not going to start naming names because I always leave someone off. Um, but but you know, eight, nine, ten people working on costumes and 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 incredible makeup. Um, and and that's just volunteers, people who are willing to volunteer their time and their space and their homes and. And then you have, you know, the choreography and, and, and it's all said and done. Uh, the one thing, the one advance that we made that made this film, I had the most wonderful compliment uh, when we showed it at the AFI. Uh, someone came up to me and they were, they were insisting the film was at least two or $300,000 to make. Um, mm-hmm. um, and I give all of that credit to, to, you know, we spent every single dollar um, and even more than 17,000 is probably the official budget. You know, I, I would say that, that when something needed doing, I would pull cash out of my pocket and just say, go, go do it. <laughs> right. Right. I don't have time to make a log. Here's a hundred dollars and go get these supplies. Um, uh, but the, uh, the real big advance uh, that, that came about, um, was the DSLR cameras that have come out. These, you know, the cameras you always saw, yeah. like the big sort of black things that you would see people carrying around at Disneyland or something, snapping shots. Um, they added, as a sort of a, not even really thinking about it, uh, as a side bonus feature, the fact that they shot video, and suddenly people, you know, you know, would swipe them up, and then they turned that video HD, and they turned it, you know, at 24 frames a second, and then suddenly you're shooting... You know, when I, we shot zombies to get a 35-millimeter lens on a video camera, you had the – first of all, the video camera, which didn't even shoot in HD, was like three or $4,000. And then to get a rig that would shoot on a 35-millimeter lens, you'd have to spend another $2,000 to get these cross-beam bars that would hold a, a camera lens up to it. It was ridiculous. It was a ridiculous thing you had to do. And now that same – so we're talking about $5,000 setup. For the same image, you can get a – um, a 50 millimeter, which is close enough to a 35, and a DSLR camera for less than a thousand. Um, right. And it just changed the quality of of the images. Um, so absolutely, that's a absolutely. Um, okay, Justin, we're down to about uh, nine or ten minutes here, so I want to get into some some Star Trek trivia, and then uh-oh. after you finish with that, um, we'll just talk about uh, how fans can keep up with you and. Um, kind of wrap up the show from there. So let me just jump right into it. I got a few questions here. Let me see if I got several questions. I'm going to throw some at you. Okay, let's see. Let's see. What's a good question here? All right. Um, Okay, once upon a time, there was a Star Trek animated series. 
Yes. What year was that released? I I want to say. Let me just shoot in the dark. Nineteen seventy-one. Uh, it was 1973. Oh okay. man! <laughs> oh, now, I did, I, now, to anybody listening, to anyone listening, we did. I, I did. I did let. I, I did let you know that next gen is really my era. But I will. I will. I will try for the old ones. I'll do my very best. Okay, we got to make a, give you a challenge here, man. We got to give you a challenge. Okay, I'll show you an easy one so you can catch up. This easy one okay. so you can catch up. What does the T and James T. Kirk stand for? Tiberius. Oh, okay. Good. Applause, applause, applause. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good. Okay, I'll give you a plus five there on that one. Let's see here. Okay, who directed Star Trek... The motion picture back in 1979. Robert Wise. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, you're officially two and one. All right, okay. Yeah, I'm my heart's nothing. actually pounding. My heart's actually beating huh? fast. My heart is actually beating fast. <laughs> okay, I don't know how to take that, but okay. <laughs> I'm nervous. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. Uh, okay, I'm going to make you even more nervous here. Okay. Um, hmm. What year did Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan come out? 1982. Oh, okay, all right. You're a three and two. Can you get that one right? Okay, man, I'm about to come up with some tough questions here. Oh, man. Oh. Well, you hit me with the first one. So, yeah, first one, okay, let me see what I could do. Let's see. Ah, this is one that's tough. This is a tough one here. Uh, okay, when, when Gene Roddenberry first proposed the original Star Trek TV series to Desilu Studios, he compared it to what TV show? Wagon Train. Oh, man, how'd you know that? <laughs> it's Wagon Train to the Stars. <laughs> What's that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh. I'm doing okay. okay. You, do okay. Know, you okay. Don't know, know a little bit about Star Wars, I mean Star Trek. Okay. Okay. Oh. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, let's see. Okay, I think we'll do one more. Um, okay. No, I think we'll do a couple more. Let's okay. see. Mm-hmm. You, you wear you wear me out. Okay, let me see here. Uh, mm. Okay, what what network was Star Trek Voyager on? Uh, UPN. Oh, okay, five. Okay, five and one. Okay, not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Okay, you've done your homework. Uh, I watched it. First run. My first year in college. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's see here. Uh, Mm, 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 mm. Let me see if I can try to stump you here. Okay. Uh, Let me see here. Let's see. 
Just give me about 15 seconds. I'll find something that's really, really challenging. I'll tell your Hopefully. audience, while you're, while you're looking huh? side note, uh, you could have really tried to stunt me by asking what network the next generation of DS9 is on because they were syndicated. They weren't actually on a network. Ah, okay, okay, all right. Okay, hit me with another one. Yeah, that's a good uh, good suggestion. Okay, let's see. Uh, I'm so mad at myself about the animated series. Oh, man. Oh, come on. Don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> okay, let's go back in time. About 20 years ago, there was so-called Deep Space Nine, starring Avery Brooks. Let's see. We'll say that... Um... Okay, the show began... After the brutal Kardashian occupation of what planet? Phaedra. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. It actually okay. began well, at the Battle of stuff. Wolf 359. That's my favorite one, though. That's not fair. Deep Space Nine is by far my favorite of the, of the Star Trek shows. So is I, that right? I watch... I've watched them, watched it from beginning to end, probably six or seven times, all seven seasons. Is that right? When I finish, when I finish, I like well because it's. I mean, it's not like I sit down and watch it. It's not like I sit down in the morning and go, okay, it's time to watch. But you know, it's it's just familiar. If I'm cleaning my house or taking care of the kids or doing the dishes, I'll just pop out an old DS9 and it makes me happy. No, oh, well, that's good to know. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit you with one more and then we'll move on. Uh, Back in November 18th, 1994, a movie called Star Trek Generation, Star Trek Generation. was yeah it was released uh, back in 1994. Who was the director? Uh, David Carson. God bless America. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, I'm going to quit. Okay, you're 71, <laughs> man. Okay, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. Okay. How did I do it? Are you okay? okay? I, I, okay. yeah, I think you did all right. <laughs> I get to keep wow. my podcast. Yay. Wow, wow, wow. You're as advertised. Okay, well, if you're going to do a, a, a project called Truck Off the, Move, the Motion Picture, you better know your stuff. Wow, I'll tell yeah, you. Yeah, I know. So I'm going to get crucified for the for the animator. I can't wait to read the emails from my uh, from our list. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, don't feel bad. Well, hey, don't feel bad. Is it okay if I plug the plug our show real quick and let people know what we have coming up? Absolutely. And what we're doing? This is the part of the show where you plug away. So I'll give you a couple minutes to plug away and we'll wrap up. Okay. So first of all, um, to everyone who's held with us for the Ninjas versus films, uh, um, Monsters is, is truly around the corner. It's truly light at the end of the tunnel time. Um, and people are going to be blown away, the people who haven't seen it yet. So Ninjas versus Monsters is still at ninjasversus.com. Um, and that's the first thing. Second thing, of course, is Trek Off Podcast. If you enjoyed listening to me ramble, but you want to, you wish I cursed more and talked more about sex and had an awesome co-host, um, then uh, then that would be Trek Off. Uh, TrekOffPodcast.com, or you can search iTunes for the word Trek Off. That's Trek and Off. T R E K O F F podcast.com um, Trek Off the Motion Picture is at trekoffmovie.com you can see our trailer there which will tell you everything we're about uh, the Trek Off podcast we just did an interview with uh, Clint Howard 
uh, Ron Howard's brother, who was on a bunch of episodes of Star Trek, and talked about him about growing up in Hollywood and his show, Gentle Ben. Uh, we have another uh, celebrity that we're going to have on uh, just coming up this week. Um, I will spoil it now just for the people listening now. Um, this weekend we're going to be posting an interview with the greatest American hero, William Catt, um, where we cool. just talked to him about uh, about basically the – the, it's not a ton of Star Trek, but it's a lot of uh, sci-fi and, and superhero stuff, which is fun. Um, and uh, it's fun. Come check us out over there. And that's it. Check out podcast.com, check out movie.com, and ninjasversus.com. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, uh, Justin, it's been a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, I had some more uh, questions to ask you about being a director and kind of digging more into that and what you – like an actors and all that kind of thing, but uh, there's always other other shows. Yes, I definitely I, have you on. I guess you're just again. gonna have to have me back then. <laughs> yes, I will. I definitely I will have to have you back. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I, on behalf of the community, I thank you. Um, uh, you're uh, everybody loves you. Everyone loves the show. Everyone loves what you're doing. Um, so I thank you for for being involved and helping us come together as a as a cohesive community. You're a big part of that. No, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you for those kind words. Okay, Justin, well, man, you have a a great night and a blessed week. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye, DC. Okay. All right. Good night. And let me leave you, uh, all my dear listeners, with this quote from the great Henry David Thoreau. Envy is the tax which all distinction must pay. Good night.